Hello, Praise Chapel Paramount. This is Pastor Omar Lopez. This past weekend, I continued our series on Giant Must Fall. I talked about the giant envy. And what envy is, is resenting God's goodness in other people's lives while ignoring God's goodness in our own lives. The Bible says in the book of Numbers, the people of God got tired of the manna. God had provided them and blessed them. And they actually longed to go back to Egypt for all the cucumbers and everything else that it provided. But they had forgotten about the bondage that they were in. They were envious of what they didn't have. And they were forgetting about what they did have. God was blessing them. God was taking them to a land of promise. So don't let envy get in in the way of God's blessing. Praise the Lord. We welcome all of you here this morning. We're glad you're here. And it's Super Bowl Sunday, believe it or not. And we'll see who's going to win. I think the team in red is going to win. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, we, we welcome everyone. Turn to your neighbors so you're in the right place at the right time right now. I really believe that this morning. And so we are in this series. We're continuing this series here uh, in this month of February, uh, uh, Giants Must Fall. And uh, we've been talking about how giants uh, are in our lives, so many things that we face. And really, we reference the main story out of, uh, in the book of Samuel with uh, little David facing Goliath, this giant, and uh, this underdog, so to speak. We've been talking about being an underdog. And somehow, David is able to defeat this top dog by the name of Goliath, and he defeats him and and it shows us how you and I can defeat the giants in our life. And then last week I talked about how the people of God were going into the promised land. And in that land were these giants. And how they saw themselves really affected their faith. And instead of looking through eyes of faith, they were looking through eyes of fear. And I believe if we have this grasshopper mentality, we're never going to defeat the giants in our life. But this morning, I, I want to kind of talk about the types of giants that we face. And I, I really want to say this, if I can kind of get your attention, I'm going to speak on something that every single person in this room deals with. And if you don't deal with it, you're lying because all of us deal with it at one point or another. And I'm going to talk about the type of giant that all of us face almost every day. And almost every day, you and I have to deal with it. So I want you to kind of just imagine this in your mind. Imagine the guy at your job or the girl at your job that everybody loves to hate. Now, what I mean by that is basically everything just goes right for him or her. Just doesn't matter. She, she's, you know, he or she is always the one that gets promoted at the job. Uh, she has, you know, he or she has the good salary, has a nice house, uh, you know, has the prettiest wife or the most handsome husband and all their kids get straight A's and your kids, you know, you want to burn their report card. And so they just, you know, uh, this couple, you know, whoever they're married to, they just got back from the Caribbean and they have a tan in December. And, and so all these different things. And you look at them and you say, man, they're just uh, uh, everything they do, uh, it just goes right. It, they not only won the lottery one time, they won it twice. So you're looking and you're going, man, how could this be? And then you're driving down the road. Just picture this. You're driving down the road and you see this police car and, 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 
and they pooch somebody over, and you look over and you glance, and it's that guy or that girl. And you look over there, and just, just be honest, inside you're kind of feeling, you have that slight tinge in you to say, good. Good, I got him. Or somehow they got it, right? Welcome to the world of envy. So I want to talk about that this morning, about facing the giant of envy. Because in one place or another in your life, you're going to face that giant. And like I said, most of the time, for most people, especially if you have Facebook or, or Envygram or Instagram, you're going to find that you're going to face envy in your life. I'm being real this morning. And so I'm going to read you a few verses of Scripture, and then we're going to pray as we dive into this message. For where there is everything, or where there is envy and strife, James chapter 3, verse 16, for where there is envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. So the Bible says where there's envy and there's going to be division, there's going to be strife, and there's going to be confusion. And really, that's where a lot of evil comes from. That's where it's birth. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, for we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves, but when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they have no understanding, or the Bible says they are not wise. So I want to pray today. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the precious word of God that is so relevant even in 2020. It applies to every part of our lives today. So I pray today you would open everyone's heart to receive God. Help us, Father, today to, to just give you our 100% undivided attention. Remove all the distractions that may be around us. And Lord, I pray, speak into our lives this morning. Let the word of God minister to our hearts. We pray, Lord God, today that you would challenge us, God, and help us to be the men and women of God you called us to be in Jesus' name. And everyone said, so would you agree that we live in a very competitive society? And as a result of that, because it's so competitive, we seem to live in a life or an area where we begin to envy other people. Now, what is envy? Lots of times we think it's jealousy, but I want to tell you, envy is basically resenting God's goodness in other people's lives. You're mad about the goodness that's happening in their life, and you're ignoring the goodness that's happening in your own life. So you're so concerned over the goodness in someone else's life that you're resenting it, you're mad about it, but you're ignoring the envy in, or your goodness in your own life. And I want to tell you today that we see this very relevant in our society today. In fact, the whole purpose of television commercials, the whole purpose of advertisement is to get you to envy those people that are driving that nice car and say, man, why do they have that car? I should have that car. And get you to envy and want everything else. They said there was this one guy that had this one uh, uh, um, license plate. He was driving a Cadillac. Why don't you put it up there? And it says, easy to envy me. See that? That was his license plate, and, and, and apparently, you know, he, 
he, he's driving this nice Cadillac, whatever it was, Escalade, and he's just easy to envy me. And, and we even see it in commercials, the old commercial, my dog is better than your dog, my dog is bigger than your dog, all this stuff. Uh, they, they talk about, in fact, there is a statement for this. It's called conspicuous consumption. And what it means is that people buy products, even if they're not even great products, but as long as they imply that they're expensive and wealthy and they get everybody else to envy them, they'll buy that product because they have a certain name, because it implies a certain wealth. And so, you, so all of us this morning, we work really hard to get people to envy us. Envy, believe it or not, is not a matter of, man, not only do I not want, uh, not only do I not want my grass uh, the, more greener than your grass, but I want your grass to be brown. See, that's what envy does. And envy occurs everywhere. It's all over. It's at home. It's in the uh, society. It's all over. It's in the workplace. It's even at church. In fact, it's in the family. All over the Bible, you see the rivalry between siblings. You see the rivalry between Esau and Jacob, uh, between Cain and Abel, uh, between Joseph and all of his brothers. There's envy all over. There's envy in your own family. How many of you ever dread going to a family gathering where you know you're going to have that uncle there that talks about his success and how great he is and how low you are? You know what I'm talking about. We have what we call professional envy, where doctors envy other doctors and secretaries envy other secretaries and uh, carpenters envy other carpenters and builders envy other car, uh, builders and pastors envy other pastors. We see it all over our society today. Kids uh, comparing their grace to others and comparing their clothes and their athletic ability to others. And so envy is the problem. And I want to show you a story in, God's, uh, in the Word of God out of Numbers chapter 11 that before the people of God ever could go in and inherit the promised land, they had to deal with the giant of envy. And here it is in Numbers chapter 11, uh, verse number 1. And let me just kind of give you the context of what's going on here. The children of Israel, again, have been delivered out of Egypt. They've been out of Egypt for about a year. And that, again, they just come out of, of slavery and they're wandering in their wilderness. And God, believe it or not, is leading them by a pillar, a, a cloud, a, a pillar of cloud in the daytime and, and fire at night. God just leading them and taking care of them. And in fact, providing manna from heaven, a miraculous food from heaven, providing for them every day. And the Bible says in Numbers 11, verse 1, now the people began complaining openly before the Lord about hardship. Jump down to verse number 4. The riffraff among them had a strong craving for other food, and the Israelites wept again and said, who will feed us meat? We remember the free fish we ate in Egypt, Along with the cucumber, melons, leeks, onions, and garlics. I guess they were eating ceviche. And so uh, we live like the kings back then. But now our appetite is gone. There's nothing to look at but 
this manna. Again, this manna was being provided for them from heaven, and they got tired of it. You know, banana burgers, banana bread, all this stuff with banana. They just couldn't have any more of this, but banana splits and everything else. And then in verse 10 it says, And Moses heard the people weeping throughout their clans, everyone at the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord blazed hotly. So again, God uh, was, uh, was angry with them because they were craving something else and God was providing everything that they needed. Again, re- uh, envy is resenting God's goodness uh, in other people's lives and ignoring the goodness that's already happening in your life. Somebody say amen. Now again, all of us have to deal with it. And where envy really begins is we begin to become discontent with what we have. We begin to be unsatisfied with what we have. And again, we're resenting what other people have. The Bible says that these people, again, were angry. They were mad. They were upset because they wanted more than they already had. God was already blessing them. You know, the Bible says rejoice with those that rejoice. Weep with those that weep. And oftentimes, we're rejoicing over people that are weeping and we're weeping over those that are rejoicing. There, there is a German word, and I don't even know how to pronounce it, but, but I, I, I'll try to pronounce it as best I can. It's, it's, it's schaden, schadenfreude, and what it literally means is pain joy, and, and, and what, what it deals with is enjoyment obtained from the troubles and misfortune of others. In other words, your, your pain brings me joy. And it reminds me of the story where, you know, you, you, get, you ever see these fishermen that catch uh, or these guys that are out there catching crabs, uh, and you notice that, that the, the crabs, they have the ability to crawl out the bucket, but the issue is every time one crawls up, the other one pulls them down. That's kind of how envy works. We're always wanting to pull the other person down. So let me just say this. Envy, it thrives on comparison. We're comparing ourselves with the other person. There's a movie that came out years ago called Envy, and I believe it's Jack Black and Ben Steeler. They're in the movie. And I'll just give you, we're going to show the clip in here, here in just a minute. But in the movie, Jack Black makes this invention, and he makes millions of dollars, and he built this big house across the street. But he tried to get his neighbor involved, and his neighbor wouldn't invest, and so now they're having this conversation, why don't you show that clip real quick? You see how envy works? A lot of comparison, right? <laughs> and again, what, there are three major places where we're fighting this giant of envy. And number one, I believe, is the, is the giant envy of, of material comparison. And uh, again, you can be really happy with your car, but as soon as that guy pulls the uh, thing about his truck. Now you, now you hate your car. Now you're just like, man. Or how about this lady? Let's just be honest. You know, she posts these nice cupcakes, and and she, you know, you're you're looking at the cupcakes, and but see, it's not the cupcakes that got you. It's you're looking at the kitchen. You're looking at the counter, and you're looking at the nice cabinet that she has in the background, and, and the little chalkboard with a nice little statement. You know, have a great day in the background. So see, 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 that's how it kind of works. Envy kind of, kind of builds up, and then you say, "I hate those cupcakes." See, 
because it's more than the cupcakes. And so we become envious and we begin to compare ourselves or compare that, uh, that particular material thing. And then it even becomes a relational comparison. We begin to have these relational comparisons to the other person. So in other words, uh, uh, someone posts uh, that they're gathered with their friends, but you weren't invited. Or have you ever seen a picture where you said, wait a minute, man, I was in that. I think I was there. And they cropped you out, you know what I mean? And you see your shoulder. It's happened to me. All I see is my shoulder. You know what I mean? Now, baby dedication, all you see is my hand. You know, you know what I'm saying? Come on, I'm just, I'm just be honest. Hey, they cut me out of there. I mean, I was part of the whole thing. Anyway, uh, it, it's, it could be those things or... Or, again, you know, you're not married and somebody else is married and you're looking at them and go, man, I'm more attractive than that person. I can't even believe they're, they even found anyone. And so, and again, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong today with wanting to be married. But, again, when we get envious of the other person or let's just be honest, we can even become envious of over this past, you know, a couple months ago we had, you know, we had Christmas and you're getting those Christmas cards. And you're looking at all these little perfect families, you know. And, and it got these kids, you know, and, 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 and they got the cheesy block letters, but, you know, blessed. Or what's the other one? Put the other one. They got their family last name, the Jacksons, you know. So some of them even have like a little dog and he's holding a little sign too. And so you're saying to yourself, man, but man, if you, you can't even get your family together for a picture. And if you did, you guys would be strangling each other. You wouldn't certainly would not be smiling. And so you can become envious over those things. Am I being real today? And then we can be uh, 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 envious over our circumstances when we compare to everybody else. And you, wish, you say, man, I wish I had that kind of job. I wish I had that kind of significant job. I wish the kind of job they have you know, I had because it gives them more freedom and all of these different things. And you're saying, man, uh, you know, they only work five days a week. They have great hours. Here I am working Saturdays. Uh, and you're looking at everybody barbecuing and going to birthday parties on Saturday. And you're stuck at work. Let's just be honest. Can I even get more serious? Can I, you've been wanting to have a baby and this person's already on their 14th baby, their 14th reveal. You know, and you're like, oh, my gosh. I mean, she, she just burps in it. She has the baby. And so all these, all these different things. I'm just being honest. And so social media, believe it or not, can be designed. In fact, it is designed today, especially, so that you can become envious. And if we're not careful, we're seeing, be honest, we're seeing a filtered uh, 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 picture. And, and you're, you're seeing the highlight reel. And you're comparing their highlight reel to your backstage reel. Have you ever been backstage to something? I have a brother that's an actor, and, and I've gone backstage with him. And, I mean, the stage looks awesome in the front. And then he takes me backstage, and it's unfinished. And, and it's, you know, it, it just looks terrible. Things are laid out everywhere, boards everywhere. I'm thinking, this is backstage? But then you come out to the front of the stage, and it has all the light. It looks really nice everything. And I'm thinking that's how we do it with our own lives. We're comparing the backstage because we know how our lives really are. But you're comparing your backstage to, to their main stage. 
I mean, you're feeling great. Your husband brought you flowers for your birthday, and he brought you a card and some chocolate. But then you look at your, your friend, and her husband gave her a new ring, and they're going to Hawaii and, and all these different things. But you don't realize they're on the brink of divorce, and they hate each other. Are you hearing me? And he's just trying to make up for, to her for all the stuff that he's done. Are you listening to me? I heard a story about two moms that were, uh, that were really, they hated each other because they had to confess. Finally, they were at a prayer group, and they confessed and that they, they were envious of each other. And one mom was uh, basically a, a stay-at-home mom, and the other one was more of a professional, and she was out there uh, working. And, and, and the stay-at-home stay mom or the professional mom was saying, I'm so envious of you because you're at home, and, and you got your children, and you and, uh, you know, you, 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 I see you with your children and spending time and all these different things. I was envious of you. And the, and, and the stay-at-home mom said, I was envious of you because, you know, you, you were looking your best all the time, and you're out there in the public. And, I, you know, I've been in a ponytail most of the time, most of the day, and here you are, you look your best. And, and so you see the, see the how it works, the comparison, the envy. They're, they're, they're ignoring God's goodness in their own life. And they're resenting the goodness in somebody else's life. Friend, I'm telling you today, that giant can get a hold of us. And I see it in teenagers today. I see it all over the place, especially today. I, I mean, it must be hard to be a teenager. I thought it was difficult when I was growing up. When I was growing up, I had an ideal that maybe, you know, there were people that, you know, they were more popular than me. But today you could just look at it. if you only have 15 followers and that guy has 300 followers, guess what? He's a little bit more popular than you. Now you, now you see the measurement. Back then you have to guess. Now you don't have to guess. And, and all of a sudden, you know, man, he, I, I only have 15 likes. They have 500 likes on their picture. You see what I'm saying? All of this envy becomes really difficult for people. And believe it or not, that giant can get inside of you. They actually did a study, and they said that uh, uh, they got these college students together, and before they, uh, uh, before they could go out and do their exams, they made them look over, uh, look at Facebook for about a half hour of people around their age and, and, and about where, where they were at, and after 30 minutes of looking at Facebook, they monitored them, began to ask them questions, and they were significantly depressed after just looking at 30 minutes of people around their same age. They didn't even know these people. These were just random strangers, but they made them look, okay, we're going to just give you all these people right here. You're gonna, they're about your age doing what you're doing, and, uh, but we, we're going to have you watch them for 30 minutes. They became so envious. So envy is all around us. Envy is something all of us have to deal with every day. And it's a giant that must fall. Can you say amen? The Bible says here in verse number 6 that they said our appetite is gone. Or basically another, another uh, translation says our souls are dried up. In fact, let me read you a scripture in Proverbs 14.30. It says envy rots the bones. When you begin to compare yourself to others, when you begin to be envious of others, it dries up your bones. The Hebrew word, in, in, the Hebrew word is uh, 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 that life force is removed from you. It dries up the life force in you. It sucks the life out of you. 
it destroys you. And if you're not careful this morning, you, you don't realize the blessing that you have. The Bible says that they were given manna from heaven. God was providing every day. Listen to me. Every day they would go out in the morning and there was this manna that came down from heaven and they just gathered enough for it for the day. They had sufficient manna for every day God provided. You didn't have to go shopping. You just went to one place, gathered it up, and you could do whatever you wanted with it. But the Bible said they got tired of it. They said, man, I'm tired of your banana breath and all this stuff. And so, they, you know, they, they got tired of it and they became unsatisfied with what they had. And they became envious of what somebody else had. And this is the strategy, believe it or not. The enemy today uses that strategy to undermine what God's doing in your life. I read this quote. It said, never underestimate the spiritual power of envy. Do you realize when God gave, out, gave the Ten Commandments that the very last commandment, he said, do not covet, which really is talking about envy and do not envy, and do you realize if you just kept that one commandment, you would probably keep the rest? Because envy really, the reason why people lie, they're envious. The reason why people steal, they're envious. The reason why people commit adultery, they're envious. If you just stop coveting and being envious, you probably keep all the commandments. So, again, I'm going to read James chapter 3 again. It says, but if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and every evil practice. Envy is the root sin that gives rise to many other sins in your life. This is why this giant has to fall. And you're out there today, you're looking at me like, I'm not envious. Every one of us has that envy. At one point or another, man, it's gotten a hold of you. And especially in today's world, that envy will take root. So there's a couple of things now that I've encouraged you, okay? I'm gonna, uh, number one, what it, wh how, do, how can we slay this giant? How can we make this giant fall? What can we do? A couple of things we've got to recognize that envy forgets God's goodness that has been poured out to them in the past. So in other words, this morning, the reason why we become envious is we forget what God's goodness and what he's done in the past. Somehow, as Christians, we get a spiritual amnesia. We're like, what is God doing now? But look what he's done already. He didn't bring you this far to leave you. And yet the Bible says, here they are in in. Uh, Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, I, I, I was reading what they said. Now, the people began complaining openly before the Lord about what? Hardship. They, they, in other words, this is too hard. Wait a minute. You were slaves for 400 years, and 13 months, you're saying it's hard? This is insane. They're saying, yeah, well, we were, you know, when we were in Egypt, you know, we were eating the garlic. Yeah, but you were in slavery. You had chains on you. Remember that? Yeah, but, but the, you know, but the, the fish was exquisite, man. It was awesome. Yeah, but, but you were in bondage. You were in bondage. 
it seemed obvious to me that God was giving them, out of God's compassion and grace, he delivers them out of Egypt. He gives them this freedom. He's giving them manna every day, and yet the Bible says they forget the bondage they were in, and yet they want to go back to Egypt now. They want to go back to where they were. See, envy makes us unaware of what we actually deserve. How many know we don't deserve God's goodness? We don't deserve his mercy. I, I, I mean, you know, I, I heard this one radio guy. He always says when you call him, you probably heard his name, Dave Ramsey. How's it going, Dave? He goes, I'm doing better than I deserve. Because in reality this morning, none of us deserve God's goodness. None of us deserve grace. The reality, we deserve hell. Let's just be honest. If it wasn't for the grace of God, so when you're having a bad day, just thank God you're not in hell. That'll change it right away. That'll sober you up. Man, maybe everything ain't that perfect, but thank God I'm not in hell today. Hallelujah. And if we reflect on the kindness of God, if we could reflect on God's goodness and say, you know what, I may not have everything I want, but man, thank God I didn't get what I deserve. I'm doing better than I deserve. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, he did not spare his own son for us. Man, God loves you so much that he gave his own son for you now. He didn't withhold the blessings from your life. The Bible says here in Psalms 84, 11, no good thing will be withhold from you. And number two, envy many times overlooks God's goodness provided in the present. Can I tell you something? God's good to you right now, but we don't even realize it sometimes. Because we're not looking at what we have. We're looking at what everybody else has. And so envy, what it does, it cripples your ability to enjoy the good things that God is doing because you're looking at what everybody else has. The Bible says the Israelites said, all we have is this manna. That's all we're going to have. He said, you know what? We're going to shrivel up and die. How how are they going to die if God's giving them food every day? We're going to shrivel up and die. In other words, man, we're not going to make it on this manna. They've been making it so far, and so somehow they they become envious. They forget the goodness of God. They forget the goodness of what God's doing and God providing them. And yet the Bible says, you know, when they say that, in fact, when you read the Scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 8, the Bible said that their feet did not swell, meaning they they weren't... uh, uh, they weren't starving. When you're, when you're experiencing malnutrition, you're starving. So their feet were not swelling. And so God was providing for them every day. But see, this is the problem with envy. It's a big lie. It's telling us this is what you need when you don't really need that. You know, when I, when I think about the Garden of Eden... God, God gives them the perfect environment. A lot of people say, man, if everything, was so, if everything was just perfect and no problems, I would be good. No, Adam and Eve were in the perfect environment, and they still fell into sin, and they still rebelled. So don't tell me if your circumstances were better, you would be better. No, no. No matter how good it is, the, the sin is still in us. Can you say amen? And so the Bible says they, they, there they were in this great, perfect environment. God said, you can have everything in this garden, everything you want, anything you want, but the, the tree in the middle of the garden, don't touch it. And what did, what did they say? Well, that must be the best, and I, I want that one. But you can have everything else. Well, wait a minute. You're holding out on me, God. You see what I'm saying? 
You're, you're not satisfied with the blessing. that God's given you everything else, but we got to have that one. And that's the deception. Envy will make you think something is wrong, even in paradise. Even when you're in the perfect position, because what happens is we forget the good things that we have. Envy is like a cancer. I was talking to someone that had gone through chemotherapy. There are a number of people, even in our church here, that gone through that and, and uh, because of cancer and all these things. And they said one of the things that's really, uh, obviously, the sickness and all the stuff that they go through. But they said, man, the other problem is they lose their taste buds. In other words, they can't taste some of the food. And it tastes metallic, I should say. And they were saying, man, the taste is really grieving because you want to eat something, but, but it's like cancer destroys your ability to enjoy that. Can I tell you, that's what, exactly what envy does. It destroys your ability to enjoy what God has already blessed you with. You're more blessed than you even realize. I, 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 was, I was sharing with my wife, I think, or a couple of people the other day last week. You know, I think it was, yes, last week I, would, I jumped in the shower. You know, we all you should jump in the shower every day, but I would jump in the shower Sunday morning, I don't know how many times you jump in the shower. And you, I just never thought, I just, I shouldn't say I never thought about it, but it really began to resonate with me. And it could be because I had been thinking about this whole message on envy. And, and you know, as, as I plan out some of the messages that, that God puts in my heart, I was under this warm shower, enjoying the shower. And I'm thinking, how many people in the world get to take a warm shower in the privacy of their own home, you know, and, and just enjoy that for as long as I want. And I'm thinking, I know people in the world today that don't do that. I've been in foreign countries where you see people with a little bucket outside in the street and they're taking a bath and they're, they're washing their kids. I've been in the Philippine Islands in Africa where literally in the street they're just putting buckets of water, taking them a bath. And I'm thinking, here I am under this warm shower in the privacy of my own home. And it's not cold water. It's warm water, as warm as I want. And yet we're still envious of what other people have. God help us. Can you say amen? See, lurking in the back of everyone's mind many times is, is we're wanting what everybody else has rather than being and enjoying what God has in your life. I'm going to go on to the third thing. Envy ignores God's goodness and promise for the future. See, God is promising you a future. What you have right now is just temporary. Can you say amen? This is not our, our last stop. Thank God. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God was going to take them in to the promised land. God was preparing them, but in the midst of that, God was working something on the inside. I said God was working something on the inside. And basically, God wanted to prepare them for what he had in store for them in the future. And there was something God was working on the inside. And I believe this morning, that's the same thing we need to realize today. That God's preparing something for us uh, for the future, but he's working on the inside right now. He wants you to learn how to appreciate what you have right now. Can you say amen? He wants you to realize today what you have right now is so special. It's so powerful. Don't ignore the goodness going on in your life 
right now. Somebody say amen. And the, and the last thing, you know, I'm, I'm going to move very quickly here. The last thing I want to say to you is envy doubts God's goodness even when he's guiding you. See, I, I want to say to you that God's guiding your life. How many believe that? God's hand is on your life. But if, if we allow this giant of envy, we begin to doubt his goodness even though he's guiding you, even though he's... He's moving in your life. The Bible says that they begin to think about all the, the stuff in Egypt, and God was guiding them. God was showing them what they, where they needed to go. But I, I want you to realize something. They still, believe it or not, even though they were out of slavery, they still had this, uh, this spirit of idolatry. They were still worshiping some of the things in the past. We need to get rid of some of the things in the past. Stop idolizing those things. Are you with me? Let me read you a scripture because I need to move real quick here. Uh, out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it talks about, well, I don't even know if I even send you guys that scripture, but it talks about, uh, uh, he said, get rid of idols in your life. And what, he, what he's really dealing with is he's talking about not these little statues, but what he's talking about is things that you put before God. Get rid of those idols in your life. Man, usually if you can follow the idols, you can follow your heart, and you can follow where your interest is. And I'm going to close with this this morning. I can have the musicians come up. In John chapter 10, verse number 6, Jesus talks about the manna from heaven. He's talking to the people that are there, and they're, they're asking for a sign. They're asking for him, uh, give us a sign, give us this this miracle, whatever. And Jesus said, you know what? You're, you're like the people of Israel, he said. They, they were given manna from heaven, and they still despised it. And he said, I'm going to give you bread that will satisfy you forever. And they say, give us this bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He goes, man, you'll never, you'll never be unsatisfied. I'm the bread that will give you Fulfill your whole life. And if you really read into that scripture, Jesus was saying that the manna that was rejected in the wilderness was actually the people that were rejecting him because Jesus was that manna from heaven. And if we're not careful today, we become unsatisfied with the bread of life, Jesus in you. See, all you need is Jesus. Jesus is more than enough. Why is it that we want to go back? Why is it that we're always looking for the? Isn't Jesus enough in your life? I have found today in my walk with God that Jesus is all I need. Man, I, I, we're singing this song today. Your presence is heaven to me. Isn't that true? Your presence is heaven to me. Man, oh, Jesus, man, your presence. Man, you, you, you're all I need. I don't need anything else. All, all I need is you. I believe today if we could be content with Jesus, if we could be content with what he's done in our life, we can slay that giant of envy today. I said you could slay that giant of envy in your life today. So let Jesus be enough. Let him be the one that will satisfy your soul completely today. Let's pray right now. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.